Hi, and welcome to the 88th episode of Keen Minds, where we're covering NBC's The Blacklist. This is Season 7, Episode 3, La Fleur de Mal. I'm Jen, a.k.a. Takata Saeko. And I'm Tessa. Uh, and this is not a spoiler-free episode. We'll try to give a heads up if we have anything outside the episode itself that are pulled from uh, from any interviews or any previews or anything Pro- like that. From promo Twitter, anything in the realm. But And there has been things for the next episode, but I'm not sure that we will touch on it. So, But just an um, overall disclaimer that this is not spoiler-free. Nope, it's not. So, um, I think that we should start by Red and Frankie, because that was a kind of a separate thing. Um, Frankie has been the one giving uh, Red the fleur de mal, so that she's puzzled as to why she's kind of a, um, a hostage there. Yeah, she keeps trying to find... I really like Frankie. I like. I don't know if I can trust her, but I do really like her. She's either the real illusionist, or she's M- MI5, or CIA, or I, you know, Russian intelligence, or something. I don't know what she is, but I like her, and I like the fact that she's playing Red quite like she is. Mm. Because she's had him at almost every turn. Every time he thinks she that he has her, she's playing him. And I think in a way he really respects that. Mm-hmm. Because as soon as he found out that she she had Is him on the married? husband thing, yeah. yeah. And he called and she didn't fess up, she just kept rolling with it. He said, Okay, well I'd like to hire you, basically. And it's just, mm-hmm. I, I think he enjoys that. Um, both, both well, that's Adam- what he said about Anna McMahon, that he found it all oddly arousing that she was a much worthier adversary. So I think that Red tends to like people who can outsmart him. Yeah, because not very many people can. Uh, as, mm-hmm. as many complaints as I have that I've had over Red the last several seasons, the fact that he's always several steps ahead remains true for the most part. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, he's, he's had his hiccups here and there, but he's, he's an intelligent person he and he respects intelligence mm-hmm. and so i i really like frankie i don't know who she is i don't have a theory on who she is but i really like her mm. yeah it was it was super fun because you know he's he's in the plane and then she just like oh i can i'll get that for you and she says ding dong ditch and and Freddie's like a kid oh i love that <laughs> i you know i've never heard of that i have no idea if it's a thing uh, do you, mm-hmm. Did you know about it? I mean, like, what is it? Uh, not with a name, but sure, I knew what it was. It it and it's funny because that kind of goes to those to those things that Red has said before about having criminal um, inclinations. In the comics, they mentioned he was stealing grapes. Um, it, he mentions in the series that he was stealing pastries. So it seems like there is a, a whole thing he idolized uh, outlaws. So there is a, a whole thing about doing things that are not exactly the most upfront and that he apparently loved. And he loved also like mysteries and things like that. It, you know, no matter who you think he is, he was involved in espionage. Prior to when we met him, you know, prior to becoming the internationally, you know, <laughs> known um, 
fugitive, you know, as Raymond Reddington, whoever he was prior to that, he was in espionage, either with the American side or with the cabal or with the Russians or whoever he was with. He was a spy of some sort or at least involved with spies. And so mm-hmm. the fact that he enjoys that is it makes yeah. sense. Well, and also the it, it goes with his father being a more moralistic um, man who thought himself a disciplinarian excommunicated him. You know, if the guy was all this upright person and he gets his kid who loves stealing stuff, <laughs> seeing how far can he push the envelope, I think he would have been pretty upset. Yeah. It, it would not have been a very... It wouldn't have been a very easy comfortable relationship. Yeah, yeah, easy, comfortable relationship. Absolutely not. Mm-mm. But uh, she, she just worked with such ease, though, in this. And, and yeah. she has. Every time she's... She acted like she was nervous being a hostage. All she wanted to do was get, was get away. That, that's all she wanted. I think that she was setting him up to put an to, offer out there. She yep. wanted that offer. Mm-hmm. I, it, I, it will be interesting whether she ends up working for him or in the task force or what her thing is. Um, but that brings us to the other character that Red was interacting, the Russian, which I found interesting that the name, his name is, is Matya. And that it's basically Matthew in in Russian with the nickname that goes with it, and but his last name is Morozov, which is the same last name as the finance minister that Ber- that Berlin um, went in an elevator and they had a little meeting ending up with um, with with uh, Morozov dead because Morozov was the um, was the low level operative at that time, who planted the Kirk's uh, bomb in the building at the orders of Fitch. So it's in, it is interesting that this guy also talks about the finance minister that cost him his route. So if he was a relative, his father or um, another relative that got him the power to have those Kiev routes, that could mean that we're we're going back to the cabal and Fitch and the Decemberists. I am never was totally certain that Fitch was the real Decemberist. I always felt that he was protecting somebody. He might have been. He might not have been. I just I, I agree with you a hundred percent that it feels like we're going back to the cabal. I've thought about that for a while, mm-hmm. especially because it. He got a seat at the table, and then it all went quiet. It's yeah. Well, he lost his power, so the the the, the, the seat was like, "Excuse me, this is only for people with six figure figure figures or political power." It went. Uh, it makes sense that the the you know he he lost his power, he lost his money. That from inside the story that makes sense, but from outside the story. The writers knew where it they were going. Yeah, yeah, the writers it, it knew they knew they were going to take <laughs> everything from Red. So it wouldn't have made sense from outside the story to say, "Yeah, he's got a seat at the table." I think it's been quiet for a reason. I think yeah. that it comes back just like we complain. I mean, we didn't because we didn't have the podcast at the time. But in season two, the Tom fans 
constantly complained between uh, the episode where Bud tell you know makes the call and says you know spare no expense we're going after Jacob Phelps and season three when he finally shows up at his place. Mm-hmm. It looked like they had just completely forgotten it. That he's sitting there and he's out in the open. He's doing stuff. People should have gotten to him. And it goes back to the pacing issue. And I I truly believe at this point, from what I know anyway, that mm-hmm. it comes from the fact that John Bokenkamp is a feature writer versus a television writer. And I think that's where his pacing gets so wonky. And... Which would make sense, you know, I mean, it's just a totally different way of pacing a movie versus... He's Mm -hmm. writing a very, very long movie right now. And so if we were in the span of a three-hour movie, that'd be fine to have a little bit of space in between Yeah, I I think so. And I think that's with the Cabal as well. It's gone Um, quiet because they're needed at this point, and it just happened that he got got the seat at the table couple seasons well they, they did mention it in during the trial and mm-hmm. and you could see that it had been weakened but in it because so long past after the fulcrum was made they had acquired so much power in between yeah well there are a bunch of people they did was there are a bunch of people in the cabal that were not in the fulcrum you know there were mm-hmm. no the key players they said it would they were the same but they had amassed a lot of power during those 25 mm-hmm. years that the fulcrum couldn't really do what it would have done if they had come out, you know, five years after the uh, the fact. Well, it, um, by Laurel, then it was like totally. Laurel Hitchin wasn't in it, obviously, because she was the one front and center saying, thank yeah. you, Task Force and Donald Ressler for, you know. Mm-hmm. As yep. everyone, including Donald Ressler, rolled his eyes so far back into his skull that they were about to get stuck. Mm. Um, well, um, so I, I think it's important that we're doing this and we're going back. And I thought it was interesting that they used a name like Morozov and and him mentioning the finance minister. I, you know, his meeting with the finance minister ended with the life of the finance minister um, and now this guy lost his route. So he has a little grudge. The other thing that was interesting about that meeting is that we got an idea of that. Remember last in the last, last podcast, we, we were talking about how I thought the Townsend directive was a little bit like the crowdsourcing of lists. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what it was. He bought in. Yeah, I have mm-hmm. that in my notes. Because uh, mm-hmm. that was the only thing we really got about the Townsend directive in this this particular episode. And it was very interesting that he bought in. And you kind of get the impression that maybe Reddington did too, because he knew about it. And so he at least has knowledge of who bought in. And he Mm -hmm. felt like this was the place, this is the weakest link, that he could go after it. And... Mm. So basically, it's like they they searched, they put a pot together, and whoever gets her, it's almost like a game. Which was very interesting, because... Of the episode in which they put that in. Yep. Uh, and also, is uh, I find it interesting because Red, Red is a thrill seeker. I mean, he loves things dangerous. He thrives on that kind of danger. I find it interesting that they're doing that they were doing that and and that they had this couple at the beginning. I've always said I think that Katrina was his wife, and they were basically playing games. 
and that that was a thrill for them. So it's interesting to me. This this episode was very interesting in this mm-hmm. in this regard. Do you have anything else on on Red and the besides the beef stroganoff that we go back also to Janice and the stroganoff and putting the head of Harry on a on on a stick in in um, New Guinea? It was great. Yeah, I I just I, I stick with I really like Frankie. I just like everything with her in this episode. She's she's gonna be a favorite of mine for uh, for Red's army. And so, Your eyes lighten up when I said that maybe she's a real illusionist. I I like that. I hadn't heard that thought, but I really like it. It would uh, it would fit well for her, and it would honestly it would fit well for the illusionist as well for the illusionist to have a buffer. It mm-hmm. was well-trained in illusion. Like the gin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I, I really like the idea of, of the buffer system to basically to have the person behind the scenes, you know, the, the Wizard of Oz sort of situation where you have the person behind pulling the strings mm-hmm. on everything, but they've got a front man or mm-hmm. woman, you know. Protecting them. Yeah, because, I mean, think about this. You're, you're going to be making enemies there. And... It would make sense for someone that is so good at forming up illusions um, t- to have that have the next illusion layer. that they're not they're not it. Mm-hmm. Have that next layer, and she knew. We talked about this last week. She knew so much more than everybody else that was working for the the illusionists mm-hmm. did. And so, so either she, she's she is the illusionist or she got into the illusionist with the objective of getting either to Rostova or to or to Red. She is definitely not who she says she is. Um and I, I know Red pulled the, you know, uh he asked her what the call sign for a medic was. I mean but you could she get may that have been a medic. She could have. And, and she may have been. She obviously knew enough to get by. So she may have been a medic. Mm-hmm. But that's mm-hmm. also something that, you know, it's not like you couldn't have found that out. Not, mm-hmm. you know, anybody could find yeah. that out. It, it, would need, it would need a very good operative to know everything there is to know to make that. But then True. again, you know. True. But it, it yeah. does happen. Tom I mean, Keen, you know, on one afternoon, was able to pass as a Navy SEAL. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that doesn't quite, um, you know, if, if they're good, they're good. Exactly. All right, so um, do we want to move into, uh, there really wasn't a lot for the task force outside of a ROM. Um, Wrestler had next to nothing, and Cooper really only had... He had a weird moment with Liz, and he had a weird moment with the Rom. <laughs> mm. And so I wasn't, I actually yeah. wasn't a fan of either of his moments. So that 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 basically leaves us with uh, let's let's talk about Liz and this woman, blonde which cat. I can I cannot call her Katerina. Yeah, blonde cat. You know, in print. I mean, in she. Quotes. I gotta say, Lila Robbins is absolutely kicking it out of the park well she's she's incredibly talented she is and those little things and the manners that was in, in in those scenes and she was getting the impression of the king and she said oh don't worry i came when i came for i you know <laughs> i will say that and i was talking with a friend about this earlier it's lit in I guess I should preface this by saying 
I think Liz suspects she's Kat. Um, I think she suspects she's her mother. I mean, she's laying it on so freaking thick, it'd be almost impossible not to. But she's doing what she has done with Bread for years, and basically, if she does think that she's Katarina, not bothering to worry about anything else, just overlooking the fact that her keys suddenly came up missing and little things are happening. She's inviting this woman into her home on a regular basis. She's letting her sit with her child. When an episode, two episodes ago, she was talking to Cooper about what if my mother's a horrible person. It's, and now suddenly, you may be my mom, so, you may be my mom, so let, let, sit with my kid. Read her Little Red Riding Hood, please. That's awesome. And, yeah. I, I got that same feeling that does she suspect? I mean, there were moments I was sure that she had to suspect others. I, I thought, I mean, it, she, oh. is she, but then that's the same thing that happened with, with Liz thinking that that red was her father. I'll, I'll put it, I'll put it this way. If she does suspect it, she's, that's not fantastic to put your kid in the middle of it and to, to risk all of that with your kid around it. If she doesn't suspect it, and they aren't writing her with any sort of respect for her intelligence. I think that she has to have a little something. I mean, first of all, the woman could look like an older, the, the Katerina we have met, the Katerina she remembered uh -huh. in, in the thing. So that's, that's a little concerning because... I mean, we're not talking about what, what Katerina would have normally done, which is change her face. In fact, in, in color, we see a woman changing her face. So why would this woman actually look like an older version of herself? Unless... Well, I think, that, I think she's a very good manipulator. And I think she's working Liz to drop the kind of hints that Liz would be looking for from her mother to emotionally manipulate her in this direction. I just, I feel like after everything, after Tom, after Red, after every, after Kirk, I mean, all the things that have happened to her, and Kirk wasn't, I mean, he legitimately thought he was her father, but with everything that's happened with people not being who she thought they were, if she thinks this is Katarina and that's why she's letting her in. Which makes, is a thing that makes the most sense. Uh, yeah, but then she's sitting there and going, uh, I don't know. It just, it, I don't like it either way. It either makes her a sketchy mom or it makes her a poorly written individual. On the other just... hand, what could she do at this point? Could she just grab the kid and dump it again on Scotty? I guess, and she doesn't want to to toss Agnes out, but I just feel. I mean, like it would be terrible for her. I feel like inviting her in for coffee, like she does. Did she really come back with groceries, or did she wanted to have a conversation with with Cat? It almost feels. See, I mean, she had brought Agnes to. To, to school and she was and she went back to her home in the middle of the morning it feels a little weird to me uh, yeah I actually have in my notes like when does she get into the office <laughs> maybe that's really what Cooper meant you showed up super late today if you need some time <laughs> mm. 
Well, it it seems to me that 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 was a very deliberate attempt to go back to see whether if every time that she's coming back, and, this woman is coming out. And maybe, but why would you send your kid to the door to ask for this woman to come over and read a story? It just, well, I don't know the whole it's thing. It's a very red thing to do. If somebody is trying to get to you, you know, the spider to the fly and the fly to the spider. What is she trying to do if this woman is is coming to her and she's suspected of being her mother? And suspect her that is the woman who abducted Red, maybe she's outsmarting them because what what I mean, think about this is the total opposite of what of what she has of what anybody else would do. Which is like try to get your instinct would be to try to get away from them. And I think what Liz have realized is think like a criminal. You don't those kind of instincts do not protect you. And maybe I, I I hope so. I hope that we get further in and I eat my words and I look back on it and go, oh, that was fantastic. Liz was just handling it in the best way she could. And this is how she's protecting Agnes and all of this. I really hope so. I just they have had a habit over the years of convenient writing when it comes to Liz's intelligence. And it makes me a little nervous. I think that's where I stand. Yeah, I I have a feeling that this is going to be like when I went back and I started seeing really what really what Liz was doing, and I came to the conclusion she has to have known or suspected that Red was her father, and she had been playing. And why didn't she do a a, blood, a test? I think, and I said I think I think that she did, and for some reason she just. Is not telling us, or she just couldn't face it, and that's what turned out to be. She couldn't face it. So I'm thinking that looking back at Liz and the way that the character has been written and acted, I mean, Megan was playing it as as they were like all these little hints and things that to me were saying that there's a very important likelihood that she does know or suspect, or think that this woman is not her mother, but might be playing her mother. Whatever it is that she has suspicions. Yeah, I just, I, and maybe I just need to wait and see. And if that's I the mean, case, that, I mean, that that has been the case before when I've jumped on, on irritation runs, and I hope that's the case. Well, I mean, think about this. She's talking about helping cope with separation and loss. You know, fairy tales are very good because they help us cope with separation and loss. Mm. She, Agnes is so going to get kidnapped. Oh God, you know, she's not. almost four years old, the same age that Liz was when she was kidnapped. You know she's going to get kidnapped. She's already been kidnapped. <laughs> yeah, and so had Liz. I was going to say, and the thing is, Liz and Tom were kidnapped about the queen. same age. Uh, Tom was... She, almost four. Yeah, he was almost four, and Liz and was Liz four. And Liz was almost five. Yeah, and so they were, uh, <laughs> I swear, this poor kid. She's going to need so You much know there. she's going to be kidnapped. I mean, uh, that is, like, You know, I, you say I that, I just, sure. I hope not. <laughs> like I, I am sure you will. 
Mark my words. <gasps> oh, I'm not telling you you're wrong because you're probably right. I just you I'm here. know it. I'm just going. No, it's kind of like not another bloody coma, not another bloody kidnapping of the small child. <laughs> yep, it's happening. <sighs> Gosh, I was talking to someone the other day, and they said something about two comas, and I went, three. She said, who's the third? I said, Dom. She went, oh my gosh. <laughs> well, I don't know that I don't. Dom I don't know if he's actually, because this, this is before yesterday, or, uh, yeah, yesterday, yeah. Friday's and, episode. And, and it sounds more like Red he's just, like, stonewalling it, like, you're not getting to him, you're not talking with him. I want to keep this woman and you as separate as possible. Now, the other thing is people were saying, oh, my God, how can the FBI not notice that there is a new neighbor? Remember that Katrina had or Fakarina or Blonderina or Vampirina or this woman uh, wanted had all that plan. She kidnapped Red for six days and in it took three days for the illusionist to create the illusion. Then she did that. And at the same time, she created the illusion. She already took care of the neighbor and had moved in. So when the FBI came in, she was already there. She was a tenant. Yeah. Like, it would have been like they were expecting somebody to come in from outside, yeah. not to be already there. Yeah. it would. At that point, it probably would be something Liz would need to mention for it to be on their radar. <laughs> good like, luck. Oh, there's a good, weird neighbor. I was going to say, good luck getting Liz to mention that. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen. Yeah. All right. Um, so let's there was get that, to a run. I was going to say, there was that fantastic little line, which goes back. I, I, as I say fantastic little line, I'm cringing now because you're right. She's totally going to get kidnapped. The child didn't know the danger she was in from the Little Red Riding Hood book. Uh -huh. And I'm just sitting there the whole time going, this is so on the nose. Like, they, they talk about in script writing books, you know, be careful of writing where you you hit things too on the nose. And <laughs> I feel like this may, I, I can't tell yet if it was too far or just right up to the line there. And it she's was, reading Red Riding Hood with a big wolf disguised as the grandmother reading yep. to the child. I mean, I, I did. I did like that. Like, I have a lot of complaints about the episode. I, I did like her reading that book. I mean, if she's got to be in the home reading to her, then yes. That, that was a nice thing. And combine that with the, uh, was it Running with the Wolves? Was that the... Oh, yeah, and that song was so creepy. Oh, I liked it. Oh, I liked the song, but it was creepy <laughs> with, the, with the book reading. Yeah. Oh, I, I liked it. That was good. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, Aram, get ready for the rants, because all of my rants, well, not all of them, obviously, but the majority of my rants are here with Aram. I loved it. I gotta say, I, I enjoyed this episode enormously. It didn't have a lot of, of canon, except, you know, a couple of bits here and there. But I so enjoy Badass Aram. I, okay. No, I, I like that Aram went. Uh, let, let me let me backtrack. Um, so, what did you not like? No, let, let me kind of give my spiel on it. Uh, overall, oh, okay. let me it's give it. It's a full on rant. Let me give. Doctor with notes. No, no, no. Well, there, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but there's not a spreadsheet. <laughs> 
there, step up, people. There are notes. There's no spreadsheet. Give me some credit here. <laughs> yep. It's just a um, rent with notes. <laughs> my cat's agreeing. He's down there going, meow. Um, um, so, the blacklister. I feel like it was an incredibly interesting premise. Like, when it got started and the guy exploded, I went, huh. That's interesting. All right, this could be interesting. Um, and people started clapping. It was great. That scene was awesome. Said it's interesting, but I felt like it had a poor execution. Um, overall, over the course of the whole episode, it was. Have you ever seen? And I, I don't know. It's a completely different genre, so probably not. Did you ever see Gilmore Girls back around? <laughs> I don't remember. It was maybe around two thousand or so. It came out. Um, they had. When when the daughter in Gilmore Girls was in college, they had a unofficial group on on her campus called the Life and Death Brigade, which was a bunch of rich Yale kids that basically went out for a long weekend to some undisclosed location, got really wasted on champagne, and mm-hmm. did crazy stunts. This felt like a lot less creative version of the Life and Death Brigade. That's, by the end of the episode, that's where I was. Um, Because in Gilmore Girls, they were building these massive structures and they would bungee jump with umbrellas from these, like, massive structures and just do crazy stuff that, you know, college kids do and sometimes they get killed doing it. I mean, like, my mom knew a guy in college that... He was trying to, like, parasail off the back of a vehicle and ended up dying doing it. I mean, like, people do crazy, crazy stunts in college. Mm-hmm. But that's that was the gist of the Life and Death Brigade. You do these crazy stunts. These kids had all the money to put it together. And they were bored. And well, so they went out, got drunk, did crazy shit. Uh, or crazy stuff. And <laughs> so that's, that's kind of the gist I got off of this. Is that maybe well, that's the type of thing that they were working off of. But there, there, as a concept that has been exploring other things, there's a, sure a movie has. by James Spader called Crash, in which I've never just seen it. that people get their kicks out of crashing their cars mm-hmm. into somebody else, so they will get two people will get together and got car and crash into one another. But I just and I then have felt, sex. I felt and then have sex. And they were kind of like <laughs> because it was a James Spader movie. Dying and 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 I like go crumble and full of. Of glass and mangled. <laughs> of yeah. course, because it was a James Spader movie. Um, but I just, I felt like, I, I loved the premise that basically they were bored and they were trying to feel alive again. I thought that was fantastic. I thought it was a great nod to where Aram could be in a very deep depression after some art. All of that worked really well for me. Mm-hmm. But I felt like putting someone when the only thing that they were doing was locking someone into something that they were never going to get out of because it sounds like nobody got out of it ever oh i think that they did because remember that they they hired the illusionist to create an illusion so some people did maybe Um, otherwise it would be too predictable that that's exactly what i was going with is the it what we got seemed like they they always killed them and even 
I don't know. I just feel like that there should have been more participation, that there should have been a wider range of things other than I'm sticking you in this, in Death Trap num number 15, you know, you've been stuck in here. I just, I, I felt like it didn't have a lot of imagination there. I don't know, that's just where I came at it. By the end of it, I didn't feel like I was nearly as impressed as I was at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Just my take on the Blacklister, it happens. I love when, when wrestlers said that, you know, you're going to get a rush when, you know, <laughs> that when was a with the, the injection. That's going to give you a nice rush. Right before it kills you. Yeah. I, that was a fantastic line and so, so perfect. And Liz is like, yeah, me and you've come a long way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wait to go, wrestler. You're getting it. Wrestlers <clears throat> uh, has made those kind of comments for a long time. Um, but so... My rants. I, I have two rants. Okay. With a ROM. And they both have to do with a ROM. The first, not necessarily that it's more of a writing rant. It's just with a ROM and Cooper. They mm -hmm. were discussing, you know, why it was good for a ROM to go in. Mm hmm. And I feel like it's one of those. I get more irritated when. It could have easily been written with just a few tweaks and it would have fixed the issue and it mm -hmm. wouldn't have been that hard. That's where I get really irritated and that's kind of where I was with this. They completely, and, and let me get through this because I know you have a counter and it's fine. I have a counter to your counter. Um, <laughs> okay. Because you commented on my Tumblr post. So. Mm -hmm. um, but... They, it, it's like they completely forgot Audrey. They made the comment and said, you know, that, that Arami needed to go in because he knew what loss was and he felt that way. And then I'm going to open it up because I, your counter fits in right here. Well, I if feel it's the that one I'm thinking like, of. I mean, both Liz and Wrestler. I mean, by now, everybody in the task list other than Cooper of Experience Law. The task list. The, the task force. The task force. <laughs> I love good, it. Actually. No, yeah. I want to adopt that one. I love it. Yeah. So the, the task force, I mean, Wrestler and Liz have lost their love person to death. Yeah. Whereas Aram was in a very similar situation like this woman was, um, which is they're very different losses. I mean, it's not this. It's it's. I'm not saying one is better or worse than the other. They're both very different and both very hard to lose somebody because they die than to lose somebody because they basically um, manage. They have. They're basically either uh, gone or they're you know it's vegetative vegetative state yeah. or coma or brain dead, whatever it is, but they're there. I mean, it's like Aram knows that, that Samar is not dead. It's just that she cannot be with him, and eventually, even if they manage, she would be lost to him. Yeah. Her mind would be gone, and she would be lost to him. So there was a different thing. I mean, this woman, husband was still alive, but he wasn't there. And I do agree with that, and that's why I wanted to, that's why I said that I, you know, have a counter to your counter um i do agree with that my thing is i think it could have been easily made more clear by just 
basically working in exactly what you said in fewer words. Um, fewer words just because every word counts in script. Um, it's, I think that was the idea behind sending a ROM in. I think mm-hmm. it was a good idea of why a ROM should go versus wrestler. Because he doesn't have nearly as much experience in the field. They probably shouldn't have been sending someone with so little experience. The only thing he had going other than that was the fact that he could put together what they needed him to put together. Which, if wrestler had spent enough time doing it, he would have known how to. But you had a tech expert in there in case anything went wrong. It, in a lot of ways, he was the best person to go in. I just feel like in the writing part of it they should have made it clear that it was, that was the connection they were making. I was not the only person to go, wait just a second. Wrestler lost Audrey and potentially an unborn child. I mean, like, it just, it was, the way that it was written, it was like they completely it, erased yeah. that. I, 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 I didn't read it like that. I totally understood I, I mean, once we saw the husband, I totally understood. It was like, oh yeah, that that makes sense. I mean, I, it didn't. I didn't need to be that explained to me because I knew what it was. Yeah, I just I felt like it should have been better handled, better delivered. Not not acting wise, but writing wise. So that was my first complaint was please mm-hmm. do not please do not forget Audrey Bidwell. We loved Audrey mm-hmm. Bidwell. We miss her, you know. Um and I don't. You but, don't. Yeah. I know, but I do. And and wrestler miss Audrey for, for many years and probably still does considering No, he's playing uh, whatever with with rest with uh, Aram. You can still miss <laughs> you can still miss your dead loved ones, even if you're trying to move on. Um the second thing was I had a lot of issues, and this is probably coming from a very personal standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, dealing with disabilities is kind of a hot topic for me, and I had a lot. I would have much, much rather them have killed the husband off, and she was trying to avenge his death whatever you know if they were going i don't really like i feel like it's a disservice to samar to pit and to put him together with anybody even if it's a a bounce back i i just it didn't feel right to me to set him up with someone this quickly but it's been months yeah it's still traumatic um regardless i agree i mean Time is not a measure of anything. Yeah. Um, I I disagree with that. I, I could overlook it. But the part that really got me was the fact that this woman stayed with her husband, is his primary caretaker. He is, he's a disabled individual. And a wrong... Well, he's basically not there. Like, I don't care. I, okay. I do not. I'm sorry. I don't care. He is there. The, as long as he's breathing, he is there. Just because he can't verbalize it, he is still there. And she. I, I'm not. I mean, I, I am angry at her, but I don't know her. I do know Aram. He's he's been portrayed for years as a very good man. 
He knew she was married. He knew she, what the situation was. Went to her home. And what on earth did they do? Hi, honey. Here's the FBI agent that I was in, that saved my life. We're going to go get it on in our bedroom. Hope you don't mind. Just sit there and hang out. I just... The whole premise of that is just disgusting to me on such a deep level. It, it just... I have trouble putting into words. It really, really disgusted me. And it's, I I think I could have handled a, you know, kind of a Samar, uh, and Whimsy made the parallel between, you know, Samar and Wrestler and their meaningless sex or their bounce-back mm-hmm. sex. You know, it wasn't bounce-back relationship-wise. It was bounce-back emotional trauma-wise. Um, for Samar, but, you know, she made the, the parallel between that and, and, uh, Aram and this woman. Um, I could have even handled that. Like I said, if the man was dead, he was there, he was alive. Just because he was disabled doesn't give a person a right to go and cheat on their spouse. Especially when their spouse is depending on them like that. That's horrifying. And it says so much about the disabled community. It really makes me angry. Well. I, I, I've seen this played out in Reddit a little and all that. Um, and I, <clears throat> first, I, I do understand where you're coming from. Um, <clears throat> I think that, that you have to, to look at it from a point of view that that is what decisions like that are 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 coming from a, a place of of belief a place of 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 uh, right and wrong and ethics and 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 those are very very personal things i don't know that it would serve the story Better. I mean, I put it aside that that this it would be a reality thing. If it, if we were talking about, you know, what this happened to somebody that we both know is not a character, it's a person. My response would be very sim, very different than than this. But we are seeing it as a story mover, and as a story mover, I understand, and it's I I I always think, you know, if you're going, to, you cannot make an a decision that is based on ethics and projected onto a character because the characters are serving the story. So I, I think that I do understand where people who are bothered by it are, are coming from, uh, but you're, it's just not, I mean, I, I don't know that you can say, you know what, maybe you wouldn't have written a character like that. No, I can guarantee you I wouldn't. <laughs> I, I know that. But I can see where this fits in the story. Aram was a character that was basically almost... He was a, he was a very interesting character. In many ways, he was the, only, the most undamaged of them all. He was, you know, even though he always followed his own sense of right and wrong, he was, he had been basically untouched by the horrible things that have happened to the others as kids. Some of his parents killed and losing the brother. 
um, devoting her whole life to fighting terrorism, wrestler and the father who died and completely changed the way he looked at everything, Liz and and the and the fire and the fire and the the shooting. Um, all of them, you know, Cooper went through this. This uh, he was so into work that you know Charlene ended up having an affair uh, because she was so lonely, and he had to eat his words to Mira, who says, you know, work on first, second, third, fourth fifth and then it's like oh yeah now my wife has an affair oops maybe I should have been home a little earlier or paid a little more attention to her so some Aram was this character who was really untouched by all of this no major dramas and I think what has happened to to that and, and, and it's part of the point and I think it goes right into the story is that when people are damaged, they, the whole sense of right and wrong becomes twisted. They don't, they don't go about that in that way. They go about in everything that I have in this moment, I gotta enjoy because Tomorrow, it might be taken from me. I might not have this. Everything that I wanted or I is it's gone. And I think that that it goes into the story. And that's what I always call It's like, don't put your ethical thing. See where the story is going. The story is going towards what do people do when they've been damaged? When they've been... Then the Ram's reaction is saying you know what, maybe this feels a little weird. Like, okay, maybe we want to have a little affair. How about if we go somewhere else? You know, that that would be at least less cringeworthy than, than that. Um, but, and I think we're going to see things that happen to Red because Ram has been a very good medium in which to introduce the things that happen to Red with the Osterman Umbrella Company, with... Um, trusting the wrong person so you I think that that is going towards that what has happened that your ethical things become twisted and it's all about that moment because tomorrow might not happen tomorrow might be taken from you anything that you prize might be taken and the rent yep Okay. Uh, and, and that's one reason I specified when I started this that it comes from a deeply personal place for me, um, both from my own personal health and and from my family, stuff that's happened. And I, I'm aware of that. I acknowledge that. And it definitely influences it. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I'm going to react much more violently towards this. And, you know, anybody <laughs> that, that looks at you know, that has certain health issues that either cause, you know, extreme disabilities now or, you know, have a very, (laughs) very uh, high probability of doing it in the future, they're going to be more sensitive towards things like this because Mm -hmm. that could be their future. And Mm -hmm. that's horrifying to think that you trust somebody and that's how they repay that. And... 
It it's really gonna depend on how, because this actress is coming back. It'll depend on how they react to that. Are they going to offer this up as this is Aram's new healthy love interest? Or are they going to write this as this is a screwed up situation that he should not be in, but he is, and this is why. If if it's shown as being screwed up, you know, I'm still going to be upset. I'm still going to be cringing every time she shows her, you know, and the actress is very good. I, I don't want to say this is this is anything negative towards the actress. But because of the way it was written, I, I have a very, very strong and very negative feeling towards the character, which is funny because I really have never, there are very few characters I've had that kind of reaction to in the blacklist. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I, I've, I've always been, even when I don't particularly like, you know, a character, I'm always like, eh, well, you know, it's, it is what it is. Um... But yeah, it just this one hit home in a lot of ways with me, and we'll see. We'll see how it's written moving forward. Um, I, I hope that it's written as as horrifying as it is. Um, and if it is, then then it will feel, as you said, a more a choice in the writing. They were aware what what they were doing, and I think that's my fear: is that they've done something out of ignorance, and that they are going to to i mean and you, you can't i i know but that's a that's a personal thing and you're not the only one who feels that way there are there are I'm a lot not. of people who are indignant um i i tend not to be um i i to me it feels like every i mean the relationship was not good when he started you know when when he decided she didn't even go there um because so you can tell go how... Go No, what do you mean? She didn't go where? She didn't go to with him. She had no idea what happened to him because she wasn't there. Oh. You know, it yeah. was... He wanted a thrill. He decided to make it as a, as, a, as, a, as a gift. She decided, hell no. And he came back paralyzed. So to me, it's like... That's a very difficult ethical situation to go into... Um, because you don't first. My, I mean, any any two per- persons create a world that is very different, and I, you know, if you abstract your personal feelings about it, it's like where is right and what is wrong in a in a situation such as. I mean, the, the, obviously the marriage was on the rocks and probably ending. I mean, you decided that you go to see whether people get killed or not. Uh, that is says to me, you know, policy that guy. I was probably trash because people who go to that con as the one thing that will make you feel anything, that's pretty bad. I mean, that's... Yeah, but she's still living off, She's still living in his massive house. I mean, is she the CEO well, you don't that know brings that it? it was, I was going to say, is she the one with all the money? You don't know that it was hers. Yeah, you don't know. I mean, the they're wealthy people, so... I mean, you're, you're, you're making her... You're influencing and making her like she's living off him. Maybe she hasn't divorced him because she feels like, okay, well, maybe I'll take care of him. But at the same time, it's like, where does a person who now has this burden on top of a bad marriage, now has the burden, does it abstract from ever having a relationship? Can you even divorce somebody who's... I'm in a vegetative state. That wasn't... I, I don't even know if you can do it. I, I don't either. Um, 
But that wasn't the picture they painted when when they walk when the FBI walked in at the beginning of the episode. She the picture they painted was yes, it was a difficult marriage. Yes, they were having trouble. And I agree, he probably was not a fantastic human being. Two wrongs don't make a right. And I just I have a in, lot of issues. In your with in your in your particular ethics. But that is you the character. What would the and character say? Believe Imagine me, I, that you're, that I, you're you know in a what? really I, bad I relationship. Write, I write a lot of characters that don't abide by my ethics. I have I for a long time. But this one is touching you very personally. And I think they kind of I mean if you were writing this, and it would be a different thing. I mean, this is this is basically like saying, um, let's imagine that that uh, what is the worst character you ever that the blacklist has of the bodies, the one that you really had had no compassion, no anybody, Garvey. Yeah, I really hated Garvey. Okay, so I imagine that Garvey, <laughs> Garvey is the one who's 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 paralyzed in there, and there is Mrs. Garvey, and it's like I, you know, this guy was a criminal. He was this, and now not only having messed up my entire life, now he's messing up the rest of my life, being a vegetable for going in after something that was none of his business to take care of a kid that wasn't his. Instead of being with me, and then being with horse in, in hotel rooms, instead of being with me. Hello. I don't know. Maybe, maybe even I'll parade the guys around in front of him. I mean, there. If you make it like she's like a bad guy, she's living off his money, you know, maybe she's the one with the money. Maybe they both have money. Maybe she hasn't divorced a man of like, I don't know, maybe I'm a nice person. And this idiot that I would have divorced long ago, now I'm saddled with, or maybe I feel like, hey, maybe he doesn't have, he's such a bad person that nobody wanted him, nobody's going to take care of him, so I'm doing the best I can. I don't know, I mean, I I, I guess I understand where you're coming from, um, and I know that it, 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 it comes from a value system, so value system cannot be discussed because you believe what you believe, and it comes from a place deep inside that you can really talk about. But I'm just saying, look at it in this in the sense of this particular character. He was despicable. I mean, anybody who goes there and gets a kick out of seeing somebody dying, it's despicable. Do we know it, how much most people know going in, though? I mean, if, going off just... Just the same set of, that, we don't know this. She knew. she knew that. She knew that somebody was going to die. Okay. Yeah. So they go there for a thrill that somebody might die or might not die. Because or... the, the statement she made was that it was... Sharing something so intense or something. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm not at all defending him because he probably was a douche canoe. I mean, that's... I mean... Honestly, yeah. anybody that that's that's their thing, you know. You and, want to and, thrill? Go go skydiving, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's the kind of thing they did. You know, everybody takes a skydiving, but you know that there is one of them that doesn't open, and 
you will go on. That would be a fair one. But it, it still, you would take your wife knowing that maybe she will be the one killed. You know, that to me, that it's a very different thing that if you have shown me a character that was a stellar guy and then the 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 wife is doing this i would be i would be taking a very different position from the point of view of the character because the character would have shown me this is a good person that i got dealt a really bad hand and now this is happening instead they're showing me a total creep that it's, got dealt a bad position and i she, hate he i hate i hate admitting this like, I hear your logic. I do. And I, I am willing to admit it's logical. I'm way too emotional about this. That's, yeah. like, I, that, that's all I can give that's you on fine. this. Like, that, that, is the, that is the only place I can give you on this. Because I, I do hear your logic. I don't want you to think I don't. Because I hear it, and I feel like with any other scenario, disabilities hits me hard. Um, just, like I said, personal and family and just a lot of different things directions here and so maybe this is just the one that did you feel that bad with a guy with a in lady luck because that was i mean i felt i felt terrible for that poor man so he was yeah, a gambler. i did he i had did. A, he was a gambler he but had an she wasn't she wasn't painted as being no, a she good, was horrible. Yeah, like, she was painted as horrible. So, like, no, I felt horrible for him. I mean, like, was he a good person? Probably not. But that doesn't mean that he well, deserves he what a gambler. he... gambler. That doesn't mean what he... He deserved what he got from her. No. He needed help. He didn't need for her to be psychotic, <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, what I said is a gambler marries psychopath. Yeah. And they have psycho baby. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so I mean, it's it's the same situation, the same thing that you're seeing is somebody who's disabled and their life and their their spouse is doing something that is not exactly uh, kosher. But at the we, same time, I was gonna say we had the same issue with um, what was the guy's name that had the memory issues that he. Um, he was injured and he had the memory issues. His daughters died in the car. It's the episode where Tom and Liz finally got remarried. Oh yeah, the travel, the travel agency. Yeah, yeah, that could be considered the same too because she she did stick with him. She stuck with him in order to make <laughs> him suffer. <laughs> yeah, so, but so she was also painted as a not fantastic person, and I think that's where my where the issue is for me. Is, I can't remember this girl's name. What What's the character's name? It starts with a D. I can't remember. It's a weird name. But anyway. Um, Denise or something like no, that? No, it's not all that. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it's one of those names that you're like, okay, your parents were billionaires. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I don't remember her name. It's like, God, I can't even tell you. Um, but she... So far, she has not been painted as a particularly bad person. In mm -hmm. fact, she's been painted as a pretty decent person. And so I think that's where my, my real hiccup is. Is that Now, if they come back next week or the week after, and one or both of them are going, maybe this wasn't right, or they're having, you know, hesitations about it, I'll probably have a very different, you know, yeah. I mean, a difference it's, in an emotional moment. You, 
he, he, that guy was probably not even conscious. There was his vegetative state. He wasn't really conscious. Okay, that's that doesn't mean that they're not there. I well, just, that that is that you hate on the personal issue. <laughs> you didn't know it, but yeah, you hit but, on it. <laughs> but but again, look at the look at the they're, they're telling us a story. It's... So the reason they chose that is because they're showing us oh, a I story. Oh, I know why they chose it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah? I am well aware why they chose it. I just don't like it as it stands right now with what I know. It it is not setting well with me. And it, well, you're, it is you're gonna emotional. Have... I am aware it's an emotional thing. Yeah. That doesn't mean that I feel any differently about it, acknowledging that it's emotional. Yeah. Well, it, it's it's going to take the story to... Maybe One place. it better. It better move the story forward. I hope this isn't just a, oh, look, we've got a Ramanuk lady toy. Yay. If this is just to hook a Ram up with somebody, I'm going to be really pissed. If. Well, he's advancing a Ram's, a Ram's um, character growth. Why, why he's he going in. be with someone to advance his character growth? Someone made the comment to me. Today, yesterday, I don't remember when, said, uh, why is it that Aram's entire character arcs involve him falling for somebody? Because like, he made know. it a story. They made a character. Didn't he say, I have a horrible taste in women? He said it. I have, you know, the one and the and the, the porn addiction, the one that, that had a, 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 a gambling problem. The other one was like, Hello, he's taking it to a whole new level. I mean, let's say it. Samar was not that good, you know. For him, it was a step up. But I mean, talking about a woman with issues. Yeah, like one day there's gonna be people ch chasing me to kill me. Um, you know, we we can talk about this until kingdom come and we're both gonna have very different i i acknowledge and i on a level i can understand where you're coming from um i am too emotionally invested because i have too much of a past with this particular subject matter mm -hmm. to come out of the emotional response but at least you acknowledge that they had made him be a person who falls in love with a totally wrong woman uh yeah janet <laughs> Well, Janet, and he mentioned a slew of the other ones, yeah. the one with the porn addiction, the one that was still married, um, the one that... Did, um, has he, okay, so he's he's been said to mar to date a woman that's been married before? He didn't know she was, he was, she was married, uh, well, he but knew about she this was one. still married. Um, so th th this is not coming out of the blue. I mean, the guy has a history of going for the wrong person. And maybe that's what they're saying about about Red, that he went for the wrong person. I mean, Katerina doesn't seem like the kind of woman who leaves behind her a bunch of people saying, man, she was great. It's usually, you know, I love that woman, but that if B word if destroyed alive. my life. If they're alive after it. Yeah, exactly. So that's... that is... Like, there is there is a pattern here in the story that has been told, and well, I get the point where people are coming either from you know religious standpoint because of believing in in marriage because the the issue of the of the disability is is I get those emotional or ethical things which are different to reason, 
But the stories, to me, is it, they're just taking Aram from the logical point where he started to where he's going. You know he's going to fall for the totally wrong woman. Just like wrestler would probably just go for a perfect right woman who just hopefully uh, a little bit less silly than, than Audrey and not go and run away from guns instead of towards guns. But other than that, which I've been my gripe with, with her. Um, yeah. So wrestler, I mean, as like you, you expect the characters to go to some places. Uh, and, and I think that, that around totally falling for somebody wrong, it's, it goes right there. I mean, the man has a terrible taste. He even testified to it in a, in a, in a hearing. You know, he gave a whole list of the bad women he had dated. And Samar wasn't exactly what you call a stellar choice. I mean, this is a woman who was a Mossad agent who eventually, because she had dropped um, the, the, the um, uh, what do you call it, the, on, on the other agents, she knew there was a risk that one day she will be getting a burn notice with a kill order. So I'm not sure that she was that good as a choice, probably better than Janet, which at least she kind of love him. Um, but I mean, yeah, he's like totally going for the wrong one. Okay. Um, we're going to have to agree to disagree on this one because like what? I said, it's... I was I was fully expecting it. Yeah. And so that that's What do you thought about I... about Aram about Aram Bond? That was awesome. That I thought she... that the uh throwing the gun at it was a bit extreme. Um now breaking the like uh disrupting the integrity of the gra glass with shooting it? Yes. Being able to get to throw the gun with enough accuracy at the places that it was the integrity was compromised. I, yeah, maybe someone like, I could see Red having that kind of accuracy, Tom. You don't know if some, if, if, if I'm suddenly after starting shooting discover that, hey, that guy's good. Like, I don't know. That was, that was. Don't you a... know a geek that shoots? Yes, yes, I there do. There you go. <laughs> um, but... I just like I'm I'm talking not not so much about the aiming because even prior to him having um having uh his you know his field clearance he talked about that he shot at paper. You know, I mean, we know he's a decent aim. Mm -hmm. Uh but it's more that when he threw the gun itself that was a bit extreme to break the glass, but whatever. It's fine. It's TV. You ex, ex uh you have to. It was a fun scene. It was, and and like I said, you're just upset because of the woman. It was a fun scene. I mean, he just like kick ass, and suddenly he was fighting people. It was great. I'm proud that he didn't die. <laughs> good for you, Aram. <laughs> yeah, he did pretty good. Uh, you know, I never thought I'd see the day of the blacklist could make me angry at Aram. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. But uh, I, I do think that he was the best choice to send in there just because of the te technical side of it. 
Um, they didn't even experience, as Cooper said. Yeah, you don't tend to send people in to get experience on places where they have zero backup. But, you know, hey. Well, they didn't expect that they uh, had a backup. They didn't expect having jammers. Yeah, well, they probably should have thought about that. But, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> there was a lot of conveniency there. He has been in those kind of places in every situation he's been on the field. When he went to the Black Mass, they were jammers too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They should have known they were going to be jammers. <laughs> like, that's not... <laughs> that's not something that takes a whole lot of thought process. But... Uh. Yeah, I just, overall, this was not my favorite episode. I I, I loved it. I, I okay. freaking loved Glad it. Glad you did. I I enjoyed enormously seeing Aram in there. I actually liked the, 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 uh, the blacklister and the, and the board people that, that the, the guy explodes. Because I, I, it was very great, to me it was great that they brought back when Fitch exploded and the emotional reaction of Red seeing that, that when you have um, that that this case and everybody just starts clapping and I thought it was like, how crazy do you have oh, to be? Oh, they were so nuts. Like, and it really fed off of the, what do they call it? Mob, uh, mob mentality. Where, yeah. and, well, and there you were saw that, secrets. well, you saw that with you know, with the FBI thing. Like, one person started laughing, everybody started laughing. Aram comes out as FBI. The guy mm -hmm. says, throw them, we're gonna throw you in, you know, drown you. And then suddenly, mm -hmm. it was like this mob had gotten started. Yeah. That wanted yeah. to drown them. And it was... It, uh, another thing that it reminded me of, I, I haven't actually seen the movie or the series that came out after it, but the, um... Was, um it was the... The gist of it, I'm blanking on the name of it, but the gist of it was that, like, for 24 hours, you could kill anybody. And that, like, it was a thing that America had passed a law that, like, for 24 hours, you could get away with murder. And it was supposed mm -hmm. to, I don't remember what the name of that movie was. Uh, it was a, a thriller flick that mm -hmm. came out. Um, and I think, uh, I think Fiona was actually in it. Um... And so, oh, totally her character. I yeah, I totally think she was in it because I thought I actually considered watching it. It was, uh, you know, I've got a line in there. It's really hard to tell where that line is, but <laughs> I think that one might have crossed it for me. Um, I, I got a question for you about Katerina that I just mm. remember. Yeah. She said, "I miss having children." Mm -hmm. You think that means that means she had more than one? I actually thought about that during the first watch through because children instead of I miss having a child. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking was that, oh, do you mean you had multiple children? Is that mm -hmm. what you're trying to tell us? Yeah, that's I had the same thought. It's mm -hmm. a really good point. So I thought great episode. I knew that he was going to be contentious, although I I thought it was great. You know, I, we've got a little bit of mythology, but not like it, it was a rest because the previous two were well, like yeah. WTF. Yeah, well, there's what still a lot that'll. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I it's agree. like you gotta just like take everything and now make a spreadsheet. I mean, Jennifer got a spreadsheet, people. I did. Yeah, that you know that after that you need a couple of episodes to rest, and we know the next one is not going to be so. 
So it was nice to have one uh, that was like next week's yeah. Kuwait, right? Yeah. Okay, Kuwait. so I feel so like we're should... not gonna talk. This is gonna be spoilers, people. Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, it's really not because, except for the yeah, a little bit of spoiler, little tiny, tiny bit. Uh, because we had heard a rumor or somebody had said something, I don't remember which, but that there was going to be an episode that followed um, Cooper's past. Yeah, so I'm assuming it. that's it. Um, I'm really excited for it. I will actually be at Austin Film Festival next Friday. So our episode will be delayed probably quite a bit um, because I won't be back into town until late Sunday. So I won't even be able to watch it until Sunday night, possibly even Monday morning. It's, yeah. it's going to be one of those kind of days, um, those kind of weeks. That's all right. We'll survive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'm it's a really... tough job, but somebody has to go. Yeah. You know, get to learn all the things about writing scripts. I'm really excited. I've never been to Austin Film, and which is, is a very sad thing considering how close I live to Austin. I'm only about three three hours away, four hours away, somewhere in there. Depends on traffic. Um, but yeah, it's uh, while I'm excited for that, I'm you know, it's like really you couldn't have had an off week. You couldn't have worked with my blacklist <laughs> just for me. You couldn't have had an off week. <laughs> oh. Oh, well. And it has yeah. to be one I'm looking forward to, too. But yeah. it'll be there when I get back. So that's the wonderful thing about it. And Yeah. And, and we have, you know, more forward coming to look forward to so it's before we get to the next break. So yep. I'm excited to see what, what, uh, what brings. I think I don't have anything else. Do you? I do not. I think I've about tapped myself out emotionally. <laughs> Just. It's, I feel very It's a strongly. big glass of wine. It's, you know, I think I need a second. Um, <laughs> That's a kind of rant. Uh, it's a two-glass kind of rant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, you can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr. You can listen to us on SoundCloud, YouTube, and iTunes. Until next week. Uh, until next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>